Hello, beautiful people. This is Flash Black Radio. I am Da Vinci Parks, aka Lee Bennett the Third. You have to pardon my voice in advance, please. Uh, I am recovering um, from being a little under the weather. Nothing major. I'm cool. I sound worse than I feel. Um, I'm sure that's what all like victims say. But you know. Uh, anyway, um, I, I wanted to get into this uh, this this interview. I have a very special guest with me, and I'm gonna say before I introduce this. This, this gentleman, um, when I came up with the idea for Flash Black Radio, um, I knew certain people that I wanted to interview. And it wasn't necessarily anything like, you know, like, oh, I got to interview this person. It's just because, again, the, the impetus for Flash Black Radio being created was essentially... I knew that our story was not being told in an accurate and in faithful manner in terms of how we are represented it, represented by media. So I, I knew that I wanted to introduce people to this audience that, that spoke to that, that, that showed the diversity and in, in the way that we're, you know, we're so beautiful in the different ways that we represent ourselves so I, I know like people that like legit are educators and you know lawyers and you know fundraisers and all that good stuff artists all that so I wanted to basically introduce people along that spectrum and this gentleman was one of the first people that I thought of like I want to bring this dude on because there are a lot of questions I've had about why he moves the way he does but we've never had really the space to actually have that conversation. So, sitting in the studio with me this evening is one Mr. Lawrence Green. Uh, he is a photographer. He is a DJ. Most notably, from my perspective, I will say he is a filmmaker. And he founded uh, Time Traveling Media back in 2010. DC area's own, excuse me, not I can see DC area, I'm sorry, <laughs> Washington, DC's own Got Mr. Right. Lawrence Green. Thank you, thank you. How are you, brother? How are you feeling, <laughs> I'm man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I appreciate the 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 very um enlightening intro. I really appreciate it. Um I'm so, very humble, so thank you. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. Um I'm I'm ecstatic that you're you're here. And um yeah, there there are basically questions I want to ask. And uh, I guess I've known you for a while now. Yeah. We, we were just, we were just going on. I'm not gonna throw it all throw it all out there. <laughs> Don't give him too much. No, 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 no. But I was just saying, like you know, I've known you for a while now. But uh, pretty much as long as I've known you, you've been a creative, which is you know, which is like cool. Like I'm, I'm a creative myself. I've I've known a lot of creatives. Your cousin is creative, and that's that's actually how I know you, mm -hmm. right? Um, so. When I look at you and I know that you've been you've been pursuing this whole film thing for a minute now, and this is something that you you're clearly passionate about, mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, to me, it's kind of like because I'm not in that frame of thought. Like I, I I look at things as a poet or as a writer. I don't look at things as a director. Mm -hmm. And the way you make moves, or whatever, is just like yeah, like that's interesting. Like why why they do that? So okay, I I, I want to back up a little bit. 
Um, first and foremost, uh-huh. uh, you you found a time traveling media. That's your brand. That's your imprint. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of power in the name. What was the the reason behind time traveling media? Yeah, um, a few different. I had a, a great question. Um, so time traveling, I, I came up with that idea, that name, because first of all, I was struggling to to come up with a name for a company. Um, I was actually many, you know, a few years ago, over six years ago, when I founded it, couldn't was having a hard time sleeping because I was really trying to come up with a name to really that excited me and it represented um, the vision for the company that I had in mind. Um, so time traveling is the name of a song on Common's yes. um, like Water for Chocolate yes. album, and. Uh, common through that album, I, I I I discovered that album my freshman year in college. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine who lived on the same floor with me in my dorm. Actually, he didn't live on the same floor, but he lived in my same dorm. Um, we were out at Tower Records in Philadelphia, um, near City Center in Center Center City, and he just randomly told me I need to get this CD. Anyway, to make a long story short, that album really opened up a lot of doors to me. I didn't know anything about Fela, I didn't know much about Miles Davis, and that album sampled sampled those those guys, those mm-hmm. geniuses, and talked about Sada Shakur. He had mm-hmm. a song in there dedicated to Sada Shakur. So I just really fell in love with that song, and I've always also, not always, but I'm also very interested in space and cosmology mm-hmm. and um, just how the universe works. So, um it's all a mystery to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, also, I'm very interested in, in history as well, mm-hmm. um, and how you know history sort of repeats itself in different incarnations. So, it was a it was a combination of all of those different ideas. Just a song that I really like by artists that I really respect. Mm-hmm. Um, Fela's son, uh, Femi, I believe. Femi, yeah, Femi, yeah, um, is on help produce that track and it's on the song. Um, I mean, Jay Dillis, a lot of people who helped produce that album yeah. and that song. Rest so, in peace. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace. His birthday, I believe, was yesterday. Okay. I'm um, not to date this podcast too much, but his date, his, I believe his birthday was yesterday, a couple of days ago, Jay Dillis. So, yeah, I can go on and on, but, uh, you know, I, I, that just kind of really represented my train of thought at the time, and it, it still does in, in a large way. Okay. So, let, let, let me... Let me follow up this question. Did time traveling me- media come after your trip to South Africa or did it come before? It came before my trip to South Africa. Okay, because I, I wanted to say, I think I recall <laughs> you using that that brand like when you had like the little documentary you did with your yeah. family. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't know if that was a part of it. Like, I wondered, like, you know, like, it was like okay, now we have a brand. Yep, yep. yeah, yeah. It was, it, it came before I made the documentary, the small, the short documentary mm-hmm. with my family in South Africa. It was, that came maybe a year or two after I created the company. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, man. So, I, there are a lot of ways I want to go with this question. I'm, I'm going to try to stay on track, but I'm going to have to ask you this question sure. now. Um, is Light Water for Chocolate your favorite common CD and why? Uh, if it is, why? If not, why? It is my favorite because it made such a huge impact on me mm-hmm. personally. It was your introduction. It was my, introdu- my introduction to Common. I right. didn't know anything about him at okay. all. So, once I bought that album, I went back. 
and you know, I went back to Resurrection. I didn't get his first album. Can I, I borrow a dollar? Can I borrow a dollar? Yeah. I didn't buy that one. I, I listened to a few tracks and I was like, ah, I don't know. I mean, I should probably have it just to, just mm-hmm. to complete his disc because I have all his other albums. So I should probably get that one. Do you got the latest one? That's the one, that's the one I, do I do not have. I How do. is it? I'm, I, I feel a, bad asking that because it's been out for long enough for me to have it. It's but a, I'm, it's a great album. Okay. It's great. I mean, to me, it's his best since B. Okay. Um, I really like B as well. well that, was, um, that was his basically his his return for after Electric Surface. After, yeah. after Electric Surface. But yeah. I really like Electric Surface. Well, here's, I, I will say this about Electric Surface. Really, it got really, a lot. It got a lot of hate. It got a lot of hate. But I think Electric Circus, the problem was it was very disjointed. But they're the individual parts. They were very like I like Jimmy was a rock star, for example. Mm-hmm. I like that song. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I like that song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it was him trying to do something I don't think that was fully him. I think there was also some coaxing from, you know, that, that was at the time, you know, he's good. Yeah, come on. I'm just know. saying, like, it just seemed know. like a departure, like the crochets. Come on, man. <laughs> We're all influenced by people. We're around. like, yeah, We're but we know what happens when, like, everybody, Erica Badu influences you. Right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Apparently, she got the magic. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not hating. I'm just saying, I think. She can influence me any day. I, I love her. Everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. She's dope. She's dope, and she's she, she stays. Yeah, yeah. She's she's remained dope right, like right, over right. time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like when the Window Seat album came out, I just yeah. said um, that when that video came out, I was not surprised at all. I'm like, oh, you know, I know. I I've been oh, watching. Yeah. I've been watching Erica for a very long time. Same I was not surprised. I was pleased. <laughs> like well, I didn't, I didn't ever think the day would come. So like I was I was I was happy. Um, but yeah, like Water for Chocolate is it's an amazing album. Like Water for Chocolate. I, but if I had to, you know, it's so hard to rank them. I, I think that's if I had to pick three favorite. What's the joint that came after B? Because like it came like right after B. Like Find it, it Forever is it Find it Forever? Yeah, it's exactly Find it Forever. Then the one after that is the one that Pharrell produced. No, okay. produced the whole one with Electric Universal Electric. I, I forget the name of the. Uh, no, no, Electric Circus came before that though. Yeah, no, but he came out with another one. You're oh, okay. right. You're absolutely right. Okay. Um, but he came out with the man. I seen you. I seen y'all listen from. I, I That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. We getting off. We getting off base. I like it. We'll we'll, we'll save music towards the end of okay, the interview because cool. I, cool. I, I I like to nerd out um <laughs> with that um so I should have studied up on comedy before I came. Oh, brother, <laughs> it, it, it's it's all good. That wasn't even a planned question. It's like you know, it's all good. Um. You're independent in terms of having time traveling media. Mm-hmm. That's your brand. That's your imprint. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it that compelled you to say, "Hey, I want to create my own brand. I want to have my own." I mean, I can guess why you would do it, mm-hmm. but I would rather hear in your own words. What? What is? What? Why? Yeah. What and why? Well, I I set up the company, the LLC, for a couple reasons. One for LLC, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Limited. That means that means you're, you're means you're a little more, little more serious than just saying I got like this thing I'm doing. Right. <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm in the process of doing the LLC right now myself. I, I could do, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's cool. I, I set it up for tax reasons, and I also set it up so I my could, man. <laughs> All right. And I also set it up because I didn't want to be sued. I didn't want you know if I if I was for any crazy reason. Yeah, sued, sue the company, not you. Sue the company, not me, and not right. like try to take away my house or you know all of my belongings. My, my man, so, see. You know, if they take anything, it'll be. Assets to maybe that the company may or may not have at the time, mm-hmm. but um, they wouldn't take like my car or anything like that. So, those two reasons were a primary motivation, and also, um, I didn't want my name to be 
behind my images, I guess. I didn't want my name to represent uh, the work that I helped put out there. I wanted uh, I wanted a company name to be behind. Okay, why brand. is that? Because we are we're living in the age right now where everybody yeah. wants to have their name right. on something, and it's like you know, it's it's not just like you know, I just want to have my name here. I yeah. want to have my name everywhere. I want to brand like Kim Kardashian is a great example. Yeah. You know, a lot of people can talk badly about Kim Kardashian, but mm-hmm. like the the business mechanics of that family is incredible. I mean, they're on their on their business. Like she has a mobile app game, and I think she got like millions of dollars from having a mobile app game. So, I mean, well, why, why, why not attach your name to right. it? Why, why distance yourself from your product? Well, you know, that's a good question. Uh, I've thought about that. I've thought about putting using my name more to promote myself and my brand. But um, I really wanted to my work to represent something larger than just myself. Um, okay, so. I wanted to. I wanted the name of the company to represent something that was grand into just my name, and I also wanted the company to represent the name of the company and the company to help other people as well who are in this business and have the company represent the work that I put out. I don't know if that makes much sense, but I just think it's much larger than me. Right. So, and in, in that in that sense, does that mean that? Uh, time traveling media, although it is your baby and it's your vehicle, it doesn't mean that other people can fall under the, the aegis of time traveling media. Correct, correct, correct. Okay. My goal in the beginning was to, and it still is, to employ other people as well, mm-hmm. and for us to come together and produce work that we're proud of, and that represents what we, who we are, and you know. I'm much more of a behind the scenes kind of person. Um, and I just wanted the the company name to to be more prominent than just my name. <laughs> I, I don't it. know. <laughs> I mean, I, I I'm I'm similar in the sense that um I don't know if you paid attention, but at the beginning I'm not gonna say you down. At the beginning of the of the uh podcast, I typically say this is Da Vinci Parks, aka Lee Bennett the third. Or I say this is Lee Bennett the third, aka Da Vinci Parks. And the reason is that there's a separation in branding, but they also like like uh in my as I see it, Da Vinci Parks is a is a persona, but it is not who I am. I could be Da Vinci Parks, but a Da Vinci Parks is not me. Mm-hmm. Feel me? So it's like, you know, what I do as Da Vinci Parks is that's purely in the creative realm, but it's not, you know, embody everything that I am. And it never could. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the same thing with like, you know, the poetry handle I went by for years, Lee the Poet, is the same uh mode of thinking, if you will. So mm-hmm. I, I, I get it. I was just curious because it's like a lot of people don't look at it that way. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, and also from an identity standpoint, I, I guess I wanted to just separate myself to into a certain degree from my work. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't want to walk around every day and people identify my work with me all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I'm, you know, some super famous guy or anything like that. That was the goal. But it allows you to still do what you do without having to, you know, Step out of a certain, you know, box. Yes, yes. I get it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. No, 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 no. I, 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 think, I think I'm there with you. Um, so creating your own brand, what, what, why? Again, because it's easier to, with somebody with your skill set, is it not easier? I'll ask, I'll put it in the form of a question. Is it not easier to just 
uh, you know, put your resume out there and then go find work and then work for somebody. Why why take the, the road less traveled, so to speak? I know there are a lot of people that are independent, but it's a painful road. So why why choose that road when you don't have to? Wouldn't wouldn't made you say I'm this is what I'm gonna do? And you took it a step further because you did you thought about tax implications and things of that nature. Yeah. So you were you were think and that's what I was saying. The way you think about things, like a lot of creatives that I know don't necessarily think like that on the, in, the, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. We just think creatively. A lot of ones that I know, we just think about like, oh, I got some cool shit I want to do mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it. But mm-hmm. like, you're, like you're, there's got to be more to it. So I'm respecting that. And that's the reason why I want to get into that. But I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. It's cool. No, no, no. Thank you. Um, well, when I thought, when I founded the company, I was working for someone else. I was working for a nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that I decided to found the company um, and how I found out about tax reasons and also, you know, liability issues was just some of the readings that I was doing at the time. Um, so I've worked on time traveling media part time for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm doing it full time now. Um, but it was something that I worked on and tinkered in my basement, you know, weekends and during my lunch break yeah. for, for many, many years. Right. So um, I just felt like the work that I wanted to do in my life wasn't fully represented in the work that I was doing full time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to create an avenue that gave me the, the, the option to do work that I, that I really, really loved as well. Um, so that's one another reason why I founded the company. Is because I just wanted to. I needed an outlet, mm-hmm. really, to to do something that I really, really cared about. Um, nothing against the employers that 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 you know employed me. <laughs> um, you know, those were some great opportunities, and they did allow me to to stretch myself creatively in certain ways. But I wanted to take it a bit further. So that's that's another reason why I founded a company. Founded the company. What have you learned uh, being an entrepreneur? And, and and running your own creative enterprise that you don't think you would have learned if you had continued to work for someone else? Well, wow. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> A lot. I, I, I've learned that it is, it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of work and it takes a, a lot of focus um, that I, I don't think, well, I don't want to say that. I think that would be a bit unfair, but that's a tough question because I would have to be, I would have to really kind of be doing both simultaneously and compare what I know and what I don't know mm-hmm. um, at the same time. So I just know when I was working for someone else, I use a certain set of skills. And now I use a certain set of skill sets that I really wasn't using as much when I was working for someone else. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, I just think it's just you have to have a different type of skills, more skills to a certain degree. If you're on your own, if you're freelancing, if you have your own company versus if you're working for just a company, if you're employed by someone else. What do you absolutely have to have for you to be successful, right? Like for like for your company to be successful, what is what is a skill set or a skill that is indispensable? I think you have to know how to sell yourself. I think you have to know how to sell your product. Um, 
and what you're good at. It's a lot of competition out there. Um, it's a lot of noise. <laughs> uh, social media has has definitely provided lots of outlets to people to express themselves, but at the same time, it can be very distracting. And it's really important imperative that you know how to break through all the, the noise to get your message across so people can can um, see your value and your worth and want to work with you. So I think knowing how to sell yourself is uh, very, very, very key. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, nah, that's, that's good. And I'm, I'm listening to you because, you know, as an artist, that is, for me, that is one of the things that, I, that I've always struggled with is me too. Prom- promoting myself. Me too. I'm and not good at it. I'm not, I'm not the greatest. I could promote other people. And, 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 and honestly, sales is not something that is me. And I'll tell you at least why I, I run into problems. When it comes to selling something, I have to first of all believe in it. Mm-hmm. If I believe in it, I'm going to sell it, but I'm going to sell it from a point of knowledge. So, for example, I, I've, I've sold insurance. I've sold, uh, I've done mortgage origination. Uh, I've, done a, I've worn a couple hats. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I sold an insurance product or if I, was, if I was trying to promote one, it's because I believed in it, not because I was trying to make a dollar off of somebody. I believed that that insurance product was going to benefit you and your family. And that's the reason why I was trying to put it out there to you like that. So it might have come across as a sales pitch, but it was just me just giving you the information that you needed to make an informed decision. I lose that when it comes to myself because I'm objective. So when I look at a situation, I go into like a car dealership, I don't want you to sell me. I'm the type of person when I go into a car dealership, nine times out of 10, I've already done the research anyway. I don't need you to sell me. I need the vehicle to sell me because that's what I want to measure up. I want to see if the vehicle matches what I've been, what I've read, what I've researched. Mm-hmm. So I kind of reverse that. I'm like, of course, people are going to expect me to tell them I think it's awesome, even though I legitimately do. But it's just kind of like, so I kind mm-hmm. of psych myself out of the whole sales thing, and mm-hmm. I, I'm still at this age, still trying to work around that weird loop. Yeah, it's it's uh it's tough for me as well because I respect so many other artists out there. I respect so many. I respect so many other filmmakers and photographers and DJs and for me to say, oh, I'm the best, you know, you should work with me over, you know, whoever else is competing for this contract or whoever else you've contacted about, you know, this particular project you want to do or this particular gig. Um, you know, it's 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 tough, you know, but at the same time I have bills. <laughs> so I have to I have to um I have to you gotta make uh, it happen represent myself to the best of my ability. Right. But I try to do it without putting anybody else down. You know, um, I try to do it with, with, by, while respecting the craft. Right. And respecting the, the, um, the community of other artists out there. So, um, but yeah, man, I, I struggle with it as well. I'm not, you know, I'm not posting a ton of stuff on Twitter, on Instagram as much as I probably could. I mean, I do it. <laughs> but uh, but it's I you know I could maybe I should be doing it more I don't know maybe a certain time periods I should be doing it that would get more views and likes you know maybe if I you know posting more p- pictures of I don't know dogs cats naked people who knows man I you know but I just try to do the work and um, hopefully people feel what I'm doing right so question because. He- I'm surprised this is actually, and I told you it's fluid. I'm surprised I didn't think of this question. 
it's kind of cliche to ask this, but I'm actually curious because I'm I'm and I, I don't know how to think of this before. But who who inspired you? Like who inspired you to 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 walk down this path? And who do you look at now hmm. that that's like 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 yo, they're they're dope. Yeah, um, great. Yeah, who inspired me? I was really inspired by, of course, my parents. Mm-hmm. My parents are. My number one inspiration, shout out to them. Also my little brother as well. He's four years younger than me, but he's always been extremely smart. Um, and, uh, you know, I married a very, very smart young lady as well. <laughs> my wife inspires me. Um, but in terms of my artistic inspirations, um, and both of my parents are artistic in their own ways, um, I need to stop saying, um, geez. Stop that saying that. <laughs> you sound like me. <laughs> I was definitely inspired by, gosh, what's the name of that PBS documentary? Eyes on the Prize. My goodness. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. I watched that. High school? In college. In I'm college? a little younger okay. than you. <laughs> I saw it in high school. That's oh, it. okay. Well, yeah, yeah so yeah. that doesn't, my analogy doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw it in, high, in, in college much later. I had to hunt down the VHSs. This is when they were, when you couldn't really find the VHSs. They they were going through some legal issues in terms of uh, making more copies of the the DVD, making more copies of the VHSs. This is a while ago, and somehow I got my hands on a copy. On a copy. Anyway, that documentary was just amazing. I was like, wow, documentary filmmaking is can be very powerful. Um, I was also very inspired by. Um, Spike Lee's Malcolm X, um, his feature-length film. I remember going to see that with my parents, with my mom, I believe, um, at Union Station. I think my dad was there actually as well. He may have been there. Um, And it was just such a very powerful movie. Uh, I I don't think I've been so moved in a movie theater since I saw that film. Did you ever read the actual autobiography? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've read the autobiography yeah. and I read the biography by Manning Marable. Okay. I would definitely, you know, I definitely advise anyone to read both. Of course, read his autobiography, but mm. read that biography by Manning Marable. It definitely fills in a lot of holes. Okay. Uh, it's a bit controversial, but um, it was extremely well researched. Um, so, anyway. So definitely those two films, I, I will start off with. Do the Right Thing, I saw that in college mm-hmm. um, after I already declared the major of filmmaking. But I just remember seeing films so young in my life. My dad really introduced me to, to films and movies, especially Hollywood blockbusters. And I also always grew up with um, music. Music was a huge part of my household. And Funkadelic, James Brown, Chaka Khan, Earth, Wind & Fire... I mean, I grew up on all that stuff, so I was hugely influenced by a lot of soul and funk music um, as a child. Right now, in terms of who I'm inspired by, hmm, Bradford Young is an amazing cinematographer. Um, I'm really inspired by his work. Of course, Ava DuVayer, she's directed um, Selma, 13th documentary, um, she also did Middle of Nowhere, which is amazing film, great film. Um, that was the first film I saw by her. Bradford Young was a DP on that. Um, so 
Yeah, I mean, the movement that she has started, um, Ava, has just put out so many great films. I'm really, really inspired by her work. I you mean, follow Queen just, Sugar at all? I don't. I don't have cable, and I, <laughs> I don't. I, I have not seen Queen Sugar. I, I definitely want to see it. I've heard a lot about it. Um, I have seen some shows on cable just by you know some hookups, but I have never seen Queen Sugar. <laughs> um, but I'm a huge. I'm a Ava is probably my Ava and Bradford Young. I mean, okay. there's some local filmmakers as well. I'm a shout out Jamal Woods. He's an amazing filmmaker in DC. Um, there are a bunch of others, bunch of others. Yeah, I yeah, mean Jamal is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and there, there, there are other. You know, I think Spike started something when he did. She's got to have it. You True. know what I mean? I, I think he started a movement. I don't know if that was his intent to do that, but I think so many filmmakers saw that and that just opened the door like yo I can do this and then you had like a John Singleton and then the Hughes brothers yeah. and, and then like and then now you have like uh uh F Gary Gray who's been around for a very mm-hmm. long time cuz he mm-hmm. did the, like I think he did like straight out of Compton's video and he also did Friday but mm-hmm. um you have like cats that are are not as long in the game but have been in the game for a while like Fuqua mm-hmm. I think Fuqua's a dope producer I mean a director and he like He's not like a one-trick pony, which I'm liking about a lot of these directors. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're diverse. There's not like, you know, like I think a lot of people thought for a very long time until maybe Spike did something like an inside man that Spike was pretty much only able to do films that were based in Brooklyn mm-hmm. or, you know, very New York in essence or whatever. And, you know, like, you know couldn't step outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um so I think like cats like Fuqua and of course Duvernay. I was I was like she was like on the tip of my tongue. Like, yeah, God, it's Ava Duvernay. Like you know, she's like she's 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 a beast, man. I, yeah. I just think she's incredible. And uh, that young cat Coogler, uh, Ryan Coogler is, oh, yeah. is dope too. Oh yeah, so, yeah. and I'm looking Lots forward respect, to see man. what he's 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 gonna do with this Black, Black Panther, Panther. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same so. here. Um, I, you know, I, I think Ava stands out so much to me because. Um, she really isn't afraid to speak up about issues she cares about. And also, um, her distribution company is really also giving a lot of filmmakers exposure mm-hmm. to, to larger audiences. Um, so I'm, 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 you know, I'm just a huge, huge fan of her. Yeah, she's but just thorough in those too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I she's, mean, that, that's what I, I mean. She's like, you know, when I, I, there's actually on Netflix, uh, if you have not seen the 13th, we, mm-hmm. uh, Lawrence mentioned it earlier, please watch that. I don't care what walk of life you're from, watch it with an open mind and watch it with, with somebody you care about. Mm-hmm. So you can have a, a dialogue with them afterwards. But there was a, a sit down that she had also. I don't know why it came out afterwards, but there's a sit down with Oprah on Netflix mm-hmm. about the 13th. It's, yeah. it's 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 brief. It's maybe mm-hmm. half an hour long, mm-hmm. but she was she was talking about some of the things that went into you know making uh, the documentary, and she was saying that she sat down with each of her uh, interviewees for a minimum of two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, so she said there's well over mm-hmm. a thousand hours of raw footage, mm-hmm. and you got to be about your game to be able to like first of all get some of the people she had, mm-hmm. you know, from a Newt Gingrich mm-hmm. to an Angela Davis. Mm-hmm. You know, you, yeah, and you know, she had Michelle Alexander on there, and you know, I think I, I want to say Melissa Harris Perry was in it. I could be wrong. I don't know if she was in there. I, I don't. I just, I just have, I, I have, I have a brain crush on <laughs> Melissa Harris Perry. Like, like every time she you talks, ain't alone, man. You every time alone. she talks, I, I, there's something about an like just so, just like uh, an intelligent 
and fierce black woman that just does something for me. So when I, I hear Melissa Harris Perry talk, like when she did the Woman's March, I was like, yes. I yes. wish I was there. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of crowds, man. I just, yeah. I was there in spirit. I, I, I definitely watched it um, on News Channel 8 uh, okay. and, and enjoyed it. Um, but And also, oh, I, I, I forgot to mention this. Um, I, I've been a, a big fan of literature as well. I've read a lot of, but I'm not going to say a lot. I've read a lot of books, but um, literature has also um, been a big inspiration. So I'm constantly reading in that. The stories that I've read um, have definitely inspired me as well. There's a lot of great books out there. So, um, and anyway, definitely encourage folks to to read. <laughs> How do you self-identify? Do you identify as a producer? You identify as a DJ? Do you, do you just call yourself an artist? Like, how do you how I do just, you self-identify and why? Yeah, I just tell people that. It depends on the context. It depends on where I am. Mm-hmm. No, but like, how do you, when you think mm, of yourself, I think of myself? Not, not how. Do, what do you artist. tell other people? You just tell you're just an artist. Yeah, I'm just an artist. Um, that's 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 how I think of myself. Okay. Um, I just like being creative and making things, making things happen. So, but when I have to introduce myself to someone, when you tell if you tell someone you. You're an artist. You're situational. Just... You got, you got like, well, <laughs> you I've had that before. I've had that before. I've had that before as like, you know, somebody who's like done freelancing. Like, yeah, you know, I do, well, what do you do? Well, you know, I do photography. I do like a little graphic design, right. branding. Like, right. it's, just, it's just like after a while, I was just like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> what do you need? Right, right. And, and right. I'll tell you if I can do that or not, if I feel comfortable <laughs> doing that. Um, that's a long time ago, man. It feels like forever now. Um, what artistically centers you like for like how how does it i'm trying to figure out how as an artist to ask this question and make it make sense so when the listeners hear it it makes sense as well the the way i want to ask the question is like um is there something that informs your artistic pursuit or centers you so for example um just to try to clarify a little bit um do you start with an idea and you hear like lyrics to something and then it becomes something? Do you start with an idea and as a visual piece and you see like a transition of images and that becomes your idea? How do what what is the like the the thing that's closest to the center of your creativity? Typically it's anger. Wow, okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm typically when it comes to if I'm creating a project um, and this is not the case all the time, but if I'm creating a project and it's um something that's going to take me some time to do and some money, <laughs> and it, it involves lots of steps, more than likely I'm bothered by something or I'm irritated or I'm angry about something and I want to explore an idea that's going to help... Um explain why I feel a particular way or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made a film about natural hair. I made a documentary about natural hair, the natural hair community in Washington, D.C. called Kinks, Locks, and Love. And one of the reasons I made that film was because of complaints that I heard my wife talking to me about um, about her her idea, her, her uh, decision to start transitioning to natural hair. And it bothered me. So 
I, I decided why, to, why did it bother you? It bothered me because I didn't quite understand why she was getting the feedback that she was getting because of it, because she made it she made the decision to start transitioning to natural hair. I didn't understand it and it bothered me. So I decided to explore it further. Um, but why did why did it bother me? I guess I mean, like, well, no, like, there's a lot right, of ways I could look at that. Me? I know that I, I've known you for some time. I remember right. when you had locks, like, right. you know, so you know, I wish I still did. <laughs> so, um, so why it bothered me because I just didn't think it was didn't make any sense to me, you know. So you and as an artist, you had to make it make sense to some degree, or I had to figure out. I wanted had to explore. To, I wanted to explore if there were other people out there that had similar experiences and if um, I could help prevent that level of miscommunication in the future with other people and other families. Okay. So, um, so but where, where does it, so it's kinks, locks, and love. Where did, what, what is the love aspect? What, <laughs> is, what is that about? Um, the love aspect is um, we do talk a little bit about people's love lives in mm-hmm. film and we do talk a little bit about relationships mm-hmm. um romantic platonic and otherwise mm-hmm. and it's also a play on just how i think the film definitely talks a lot about self-love as well mm-hmm. so um yeah it's definitely a double entendre double entendre triple entendre it, it carries a lot of different meanings to love the love part okay um but just to kind of go back to your last question i think what also centers me is you know i really want to make something that i'm proud of that that also that will be timeless in a way and that kind of goes back to the name of the company Mm -hmm. (laughs) i wanted to make things that had a timeless aspect to it that people will look at many, many years from now and still draw some appreciation from. So I keep that in the back of my mind as well in terms of keeping me centered. Will this remain relevant 10, 20 years from now or 30 years from now? Um, so, yeah. Roughly how long did it take you to work on this like this project, uh, King's Locks and Love? It took a... It took. Is this your longest work today? That's my longest work. That's what, I was, that's what I was thinking. How long did it take you for you to... On and off, about... About five years. About okay, five and years and you're pretty much manning the ship from production to oh, yeah. editing, Edited sound. You 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 like you set up the camera, you break it down. I I probably never do it like that again. But yeah, I um I did every. I mean, I had some help on certain shoots. So but. like you're you're basically in Trump speak, you were stealing your own job, is what you were doing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, man, it's crazy. I, I was stealing my own it's crazy. job. I was. I did everything. We're gonna have you build the wall and then jump over it. That's what's gonna have to happen. <laughs> I don't. Man, it was it was it was it was definitely an experience. But you know what? It, it was good because I got to learn a lot about filmmaking that I didn't learn in film school, and that's what I was getting to earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's like you know this like I I I'm my 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 immediate thought is when you decide you want to work for somebody and do something that you you love or you dig or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I went to school for fine arts or whatever, graphic design essentially. Mm-hmm. And if you're working for somebody and you get picked up as a graphic designer in my position, for example, um, 
I'm working, but the, the chances are, if unless I'm working from home, that the computer has been furnished for me, the software has been furnished for me, mm-hmm. things have been set up for me. Um, clients are being acquired, you know, so I can work on the, this quality, this client's needs or whatever, and I can get the work out. I'm getting a check cut to me, so forth and so on. It's different when you have to uh, fund your own equipment, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and like, you know, it, it comes down to the setup they're on right now. I, I was re- researching and I was looking like, okay, there's a cheap way to do this and there's the right way to do this. And I didn't want to like have a cheap sound. I didn't want people to look like, yo, it didn't sound like he was taking it serious. I don't want people to come here and look like I'm on a Fisher Price setup, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, it's a different type of understanding when you become the boss and you have to do the setup mm-hmm. and you have to, you have to figure things out. Like this is all new to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What I'm doing right now. And just like, you know, like you have been in film for a minute, but being your own guy and saying, okay, this is what I want to do. Now you have to figure out how to do it mm-hmm. and then look like, you know what you're doing along the way in certain instances. So <laughs> yeah, man, that's actually the reason why I asked you that question, but you came around to it eventually. Oh, well, you I'm came glad, around to the eventually. We got to it. Yeah. No, 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 no. Because that, I mean, the reason, one of the reasons why um, I do flashback, there are a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons why is I want people to understand that we are so much more than, again, what we're, we're portrayed as on the news and in media. Uh, we are entrepreneurs. We are visionaries. We are people who have our own entities and we fund our own dreams and we make our own things happen. Definitely. This is not a light thing to do. Like, like being in film is not something that's easy to be in. No, it's not. You know, so to make that choice and to do that choice full time as a means to feed not only yourself, but, you know, your family and keep like a a roof over the house. It means you have to sacrifice for this dream and others have to sacrifice with you until you get where you need to go, where things are, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's not to be taken lightly. So that's one of the reasons why I want to have you in here. I, I think these are the type of stories that people need to understand, like, you know. Like, wow, this is not a unique thing, no diss, mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, it's, it's at the, for some reason, it's not shown enough. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not appreciated enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I just wanted, I, I wanted, I want people to understand that your story is unique and common at the same time. Oh. No pun, you. no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to do the best I can, man, and, um, and, it's all, it's a journey. It's definitely, definitely, definitely a journey. Most definitely, I can imagine. So, uh, I don't want to get into that. That's for I ask you that off mic. <laughs> I ask that question off mic. Um, uh, there is something that I have noticed that seems to be a common thread um, in your work, just from my observation. Um, your work seems to focus a lot on family and DC. Mm-hmm. That that seems to be like a common thing that you come back to. Obviously, I can say why that would be or whatever, but I don't think I can necessarily articulate it because I'm not you. Why exactly is that such a? Because you mentioned earlier that your parents are your number one inspiration. Um, you like you were like get that right when I said like <laughs> DC area native. I said well no 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 I got to be proper. You know, I, I come from the age where people used to say I'm from D.C. because they had a cousin that lived in D.C. that they would see on weekends. So Perfect that made them from, Exactly. <laughs> I was never that dude. So, like, you know, for people who weren't familiar with PG County, I'd be like, yo, I'm from the D.C. area. 
But like for you, like nah, I was born and raised. It's different. It's nothing I got, I got it. County man, I, I don't people, think it is. Most people want to. That's what most people want to flock out to once <laughs> they get a little bit of money. Anyway, right? It's beautiful out here. You have deers and birds. And yeah, trees. <laughs> it's beautiful until you pull up into your like, your area, or whatever, and the deer looking at you like, "What you doing here, Slim?" <laughs> I'm saying, <laughs> like, it's like it's like three of them joints. Like look at you, like yo, like like it's gonna be a problem. Exactly. <laughs> they they're real comfortable out here. They don't mm-hmm. care. I bet yeah um yeah I, I i yeah my my family is definitely very central to my work um the fact that i'm in dc of course uh location wise a lot of places that i shoot is based in dc that's where i live that's where i work and it's a beautiful place to shoot um it's very vibrant so I try to take advantage of, and there's of, so many pockets there. in DC yeah. where you can find like great areas. Like like it's almost like DC has got these little miniature hidden mysteries, right? You and, know, and, and plus I, I want to shoot in DC, particularly outdoors, because it's changing so fast. Um, Isn't it though? It's changing Isn't so it though? fast. So, oh man! You know, I look back at some of my work, and not very often, but when I do look back, and you got to look back. Time traveling. True, true, true. <laughs> and I see certain buildings that aren't there, or businesses that aren't open anymore, or, or businesses that, that are there. Like, yeah, where there. did that come from? Exactly, exactly. So, I, I think it's important that um, I help document the changes that are taking place in my work, even di- indirectly, um, in, in some of the films that I make. And of course, my family. I mean, it's such a huge part of my life. Um, you know, it's just they just happen to end up in some of my work one way or another, whether they want to or not. <laughs> True. So we're gonna come up to a close, but I want to ask this this very serious question. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very simple though. What is next for time traveling media? Like, what do you, what do you see like the next couple of years? Yeah, um, I definitely want to continue producing short films to remain creative, um, independent. Uh, I definitely see myself working with more small businesses um, in the Washington, D.C. area and also nonprofit organizations that need my services. Um, I'm also constantly improving my... DJ skills, my photography skills. Um, I want to continue to learn as much as possible, meet more people, um, meet more interesting people like yourself, man. Um, You know, even though we've been knowing each other for a while. Indeed. um, You know, I definitely want to get to know some of your friends, some of the more people you've had on this show. Oh, um, you I know, can make that great. happen. I can make <laughs> um, that happen. You know, you can have us all over, man. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, so... I just continue to grow. Um, I have a almost six month old daughter, so I want to continue to. How is that? that is that as as a, as I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, as a filmmaker, are you not tempted to just want to turn everything she does into a documentary? I do. I actually started <laughs> uh, filming, shooting her, uh-huh. and I showed my wife some of the footage I got and some of the footage that I shot mm-hmm. because the thought was. You know, baby, let's turn, let's make a little film out of this. You know, mm-hmm. I really wanted to make something with her in it. And I mean, she's so small. And, you know, I looked at it when I started looking at it with my wife, I just started thinking, oh man, it's not a good idea. I just, this is, a, these moments are too precious, 
too private, you know. I but you could do it. You could, there. yeah. But you could do it for like, you know, like for private person. collection, like the yes. vault. Yes, you yes. can do it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I've, I've shot. I have many, many clips of her. You know that I could that, that I've already begun showing her. She probably doesn't know what she's looking at, but mm-hmm. she may. Who knows? But um, I wouldn't put it past her. Yeah, children she, are way smarter than we, and, and way more aware than we give them credit for a lot of times. Oh yeah, oh yeah. She, she may know. She's looking at herself. So. Um, but yeah, I do have a vault. I definitely have a collection of clips that I've shot featuring my daughter. But um, oh yeah, it's it's very very tempting to to just make a documentary just about this this process and, and her little life, man. It's very <laughs> tempting. <laughs> Yo, your whole demeanor and tone change. Your facial, <laughs> your posture, everything changed the moment you mentioned. The little one. That's that's oh, man. that 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 is the effect that little girls have on their daddies, man. Yeah, man. I've seen it so many times, man. Like like look, you are blushing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up, man. Like um uh like I don't know if you um watch uh YouTube clips of like Ebro in the morning. I have watched some. I've, some I've seen clips. a couple. I've seen mm-hmm. a couple of clips uh, of him or whatever since he, because he, I guess, had a, re- a little girl recently oh, or whatever. Okay. And you mentioned his daughter and his whole demeanor changes. Oh, wow. You know, he normally has a very, very ser- serious face. Exactly. Yeah, no, he serious. lights up. I'm talking about he gets red and flushed in the cheeks, all that <laughs> good stuff, man. And the cool thing was, I said, one of, his, uh, one of the things was uh, he actually wound up de- helping to deliver her. I guess wow. the paramedics didn't get there in time. So, Damn. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess oh that that's God. another yeah. level of connection when it's just you, like you know, like you're the first to hold her. Oh man, you're not. That you know what I'm saying. Totally, so yeah, I I didn't do that much. Yeah, but yeah, but I was there. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we definitely. Did you fall out? Did you fall out? No, brother, I didn't fall. You out. You held it together. I held it together. You held I it had together? my camera. I was ready. A word. Yeah. Okay. Did you look? Okay. Did you look through the camera or did you look? You know what I'm saying? Because some people like use the oh. viewfinder or. So I, um, no, I, I used the uh, I used the LCD screen. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, it, I I used the LCD screen, so I waited until after the baby came out, and then I did my little shooting. So, okay. Yeah. That might sound creepy to some listeners. Why I asked that question? Let me elaborate on that. The reason why I ask that question is I um, have long had the personal uh, theory that when, and this is like doing to like social media and stuff like that, um, we're, we're in an age now where people film everything. People mm-hmm. catch everything on their phone. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some just truly horrendous things as a result of people catching people like, you know, showing like children being assaulted by police officers or, you know, kids beating up other kids and like just like just group just beat downs or whatever. And it's just like the thought that I have a lot of times is like, why isn't why are they filming instead of helping? And I feel like sometimes that screen disconnects you from the actual moment. You know, you you stop being a part of the moment, you start being a bystander and basically a documenter, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. sometimes when you put that screen up. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was curious, like, did you like, you know, because some people when they're like, you know, they're citing something, they use the viewfinder, but they keep the other eye open. Yeah. No, you know, so I, I was, definitely, I was, yeah, I was definitely in the moment. Because um, I would, fall, I think I would, I think I would fall out. I'm not a squeamish <laughs> person at all, at all. Yeah. But I think I would fall out because it's just like, I. It's not supposed to do. It's supposed to do that, but nah, it's not supposed to do that. <laughs> it's is uh, okay. I'm I, all right. 
Tenches out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I didn't, you know, uh, I didn't see everything. Um, uh, I didn't have full view of the entire process. Uh-huh. Um, um, you know, there was some separation between myself and the doctors and surgeons. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I had my camera ready and I definitely, there was a, I waited a few moments, you know. You had to steal yourself. Yeah, I had to like, you know, just <laughs> had to soak it in first and. And then as they were cleaning her off, that's when I started filming a little bit. So not for long, maybe like fifteen seconds. So, okay. Yeah. So I definitely, okay. I definitely took it all in. But um, yeah. What's next for me? Just continuing on, brother. Just continuing on. Howdy, Keep pushing. Man. That's that's all we can do. That's so right. we're gonna wrap this interview up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, again, I, I forgot to say at the top of the show, this is Culture Shock on Flash Black Radio. You're listening to. Um, specifically, this is pop life. Um, and I just want to, again, like, you know, talk about the cross section between popular art and popular life, you know? Um, and this is Lawrence Green of Time Traveling Media that I'm interviewing. I am Da Vinci Parks, aka Lee Bennett III for Flash Black Radio. Um, I want to thank Mr. Green again for coming out and uh, uh, spending time. He could have been anywhere, but he chose to come out and show love, so I appreciate it's that. It's cold out there, too, man. Ain't it, though? It this weather, This weather can't make up his mind for, I mean, for nothing. You know, yesterday was so beautiful. That's what's crazy about it. It was 70 degrees yesterday, and now it's like like snowing today. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But that's the but D.C. Cool. area, though. Cool, yeah. The D.C. area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want to thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. Please continue to stay uh uh, tuned in to what we're doing on Flashback Radio. Before we get out of here, um, social media, like, get, like, how can people contact you? Let them know. Yeah, see, this goes back to promote myself. Yeah, I yeah, you got to do it. One name for everything. So on Twitter, I'm Time Travel Media. Um, so drop the ing. They they don't give you know everyone enough characters. So Time Travel Media on t- Twitter, Instagram. I'm the Cosmic Edge. Um, the Cosmic Edge. And on Facebook, I'm time traveling media. So, and I'm also on Tumblr as well. So, um, yeah, that's about it. Okay. Can people get uh, your projects? How where can they view your work? Oh yeah, you can view my work. I'm on. See, there you go. On YouTube, I'm on YouTube. Um, just Google me on YouTube, Lawrence Green. Uh, you can Google my YouTube channel there. And I'm also on Vimeo as well. I have a video channel on Vimeo. You can check out all my, a lot of some of some of my works on there, including my film. You can check that out. You can download it and rent it on Vimeo. That's what's up. That's what's up. And Lawrence Green, L A W R E N C E. Yes. Yes. All right. Yeah. It's not like Lawrence, like Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> different kind of Lawrence. Different, different kind of Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. So again, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you so much for listening. Please continue to stay tuned in, uh, tuned in to Flash Black Radio. We keep bringing in awesome guests and giving you awesome content um remember to check us out on google play and also check us out on itunes which is actually more reliable than google play in my estimation also check out the website flashblackradio.com we're also on facebook flashblack radio well actually just flashblack um apologies and uh, also on twitter flashblack radio and flashblack news so um yeah thank you again and we'll holler at you later peace Alright, so I want to talk to you about this. Uh, sure. Uh, I want to talk to you about this this music thing. How did the DJ anything? Where did that come from? Are you uh, like a Serato DJ or are you a vinyl DJ? <laughs> are we recording? Yeah, this, oh. I fade out.